Praise the Lord. It's so nice to see babies being born every time. It's a beautiful thing. And I wish more babies will be born in our church. Amen. Amen. We sang that song earlier. You can reduce the bass, brother. We sang that song earlier, you know, about the cross. One day there will be an exchange. There's going to take an exchange is going to take place of all those who are carrying the cross. One day in exchange, when you give the cross, you will receive a crown. Amen? For the one who carries the cross, who carries the cross daily and walk with him, he will give you a crown that will never perish in Jesus' name. Amen? I've... I thank God that I got this opportunity to share God's word with you today. Let us bow our heads and ask the Lord to minister to us. It will not just be my word, my preparation, but it will be God who is going to talk to you today. Ask the Lord, Lord, speak to me today. I want to hear your voice. I want a transformation in my life. I don't want to go the same way I came. Father, I lift up every brother and sister here in your midst, Lord God. And I pray, Master, in the name of Jesus, that there will be a transformation today, Master. Give us the grace to understand truth and let your truth set us free. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. The title for today that I've taken, I've taken the title as could you get that on the screen, sister, please? I titled today's message as, It is Finished. Let us open our Bibles to John chapter 19. John chapter 19. Thank you. Are you there? I would request you, if you have Bibles, please, please, Open your Bibles. Open your Bibles because that's the Word of God. And when we read the Word of God, there is power that automatically goes forth because you read it in faith. Amen? The Bible says in John chapter 19, verses 28 to 30. After this, Jesus, knowing that all things were now accomplished, that the scripture might be fulfilled, said, I thirst. Now a vessel full of sour wine was sitting there, and they filled a sponge with sour wine, put it on hyssop, and put it to his mouth. So when Jesus had received the sour wine, he said, It is finished. And bowing his head, he gave up his spirit. Amen. This word, it is finished, is only found in two places in the Bible. Only two places. And in this scripture, in verse 28 and in verse 30, only two places, it, was, it is found. It is finished. At the cross, the Pharisees would have cried out or thought within themselves that, he is finished. 
they would have looked at Jesus on the cross and they said, they would have thought, we are finished with him. We have done. We, we set out to do something and we have got rid of this man. But that was not why, what Jesus cried. That was not what Jesus cried. Seven, uh, at the scene, if you look very carefully, seven times the Lord spoke at the scene. Seven times he spoke. Three times he spoke before the darkness. And three ti four times he spoke after the darkness. But during that time, there was no voice heard when there was darkness. Because the Lamb of God had silenced hell to shut up at that time. There was nothing heard during that time of darkness. After six hours at the cross, when it was time for Jesus to give up his spirit into the hands of death, then he cried, it is finished. Please note, note it very carefully. Jesus didn't cry, I am finished. He didn't cry that. He didn't cry, they have finished me. This was not a cry of defeat, but it was a cry of victory and conquest. Amen? That was the cry. This is the cry of one man paying the price and finishing the work for which he was sent forth. That he came and he knew that he did why he came to this world. In truth, I want us today, we are going to look at this one word, it is finished. And we are going to look at this word in the Hebrew text. It is tetelesti. That's the Hebrew word for it. And we are going to meditate upon this word. It is finished. It's a very dramatic word, this word. And it expresses beyond even the word. In Greek. That's what the word tetelesti means. It is finished. In the Greek, this, this applies as something has come to an end. Number one, something has come to an end. Number two, it is complete. Number three, it is perfected. And number four, accomplished to the full. This word tetelasti. And last, something that has consequences after the word is pronounced. Look at that beautifully. There is consequence. It means there is a ripple effect when this word was pronounced. And we are going to look at what were the ripple effects of this one word in that time. Tetelasti, the most powerful single word that of all Jesus' ministry, and it was the last word that he spoke. The last word. This word turned the visible tragedy that was taking place into a scene of victory. This one word. For the people, tragedy. But for the master, for the Messiah, this word was a word of victory. This last word, when it was said from the cross, did many things. Number one, we see what this word did. It shook the earth. The earth was shook. When a pronunciation of this word was taking place. Number two, it split the rock when this word was announced from the cross. Number three, it changed history. A new beginning took place when this word came from the cross. Number four, 
it raised dead saints to life. Number five, it did the most beautiful thing. When this word was pronounced from the cross, it tore the curtain that was separating every child of God from entering into the Holy of Holies and it gave access to the people to enter boldly into His presence. Beautiful. One word had consequences so wonderfully. Tetelasti, the most powerful word in history, even more powerful than the word that was first pronounced at the creation of Genesis 1. More powerful than that. God spoke in the universe at that time. But this word bridged the gap between fallen man and a holy God. This one word bridged the gap that was there between sinful man and an holy God. This word could not be simply spoken at the time of his birth. This word could not be spoken during his ministry. But this word had its time to be spoken. And this word could only be spoken at the cross. And let us look why this word, Tetelasti, could be spoken only at the cross and not before. Even though Jesus, knowing that he is going to accomplish the Father's will, could not speak this word. But he had to wait at the appointed time that God set for him. But before this word could be spoken, Jesus recognized there was one more prophecy still pending, even on the cross. All prophecies were fulfilled, but there was still one more prophecy. And while he was still on the cross, in agony, in pain, in suffering... He knew, I have to do one more prophecy, has to be fulfilled. We'll turn to Psalm 69. Psalm 69. Quickly, we could turn to that. Psalm 69 and verse 21. The Bible says in Psalm 69, verse 21. They gave me poison for food. And for my thirst, they gave me so wine to drink. You see that? They gave me gall to drink. And they gave me vinegar for my taste. That was never given to Jesus before during his ministry. And the Lord knew there's a set time when that is going to be given. He knew in his hardest time. He knew when things were bad and things were at the worst. This is going to be given. How many of us when we are going through such tragedy, when everything is broken loose against us, we'll remember that I have to complete the, what has been given to me as a prophecy. Let us quickly look back at what the Bible reading we read just now in, in John chapter 19, verse 28. It says, a jar full of sour wine stood there. So they put the sponge full of sour wine on a hyssop branch and held it to his mouth. The moment that prophecy was manifested, the moment that prophecy was fulfilled on the cross during the time of pain, during the time of suffering, when Jesus had received it, the Bible says in verse 30, he said, it is finished. 
in the deepest hour of pain, in the deepest hour of agony, he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. There, is, there was no sudden jerk by Jesus. There was no sudden jolt from Jesus. Jesus, in full control, bowed his head and healed his spirit into the Father's hand. Romans 5 verse 6 says, At the right time, the time was perfect, he died for you and me. Jesus was operating in a divine time. A divine clock, not in our time, but in his father's time. He came to accomplish for what he was sent for. Death did not surprise Jesus. Jesus was not surprised at death. Many of us get surprised when someone dies. He was not surprised. He was not killed by the Romans like many of us say. The Romans killed him. Some say the Jews killed him. He was not killed by them. They didn't bring the death of Jesus against his will. He gladly gave his life. He was death's master. He held the keys to death and life. Revelation 1 verse 18. 18. He had the keys for both death and life. And he willingly gave it. We are going to look more deeply into this word, Tetelaste, to see what it really meant from Christ's point of view. What it really meant from Christ's point of view. Let, let us look at it more closely now. The first thing, we will see that it was a servant's word. If you can press the clicker, sister. One press, please. Thank you. You can go back. Number one, it was a word of a servant. You know when you ask a servant, go and prepare a dish or go and clean the house. When you tell a maid, you know, someone working for you, the moment the work is done, what will they come and tell you? It is finished. So it was a word from a servant. Number one. Number two. It was a priest word. Number two. It was a priest word. Usually when a sacrificial lamb was examined by the priest and found worthy, he says it is finished. Now it can go to, to be sacrificed. It was a word from a priest's point of view. Three. It was a farmer's word. It was a farmer's word. You know when a farmer collects his harvest, back in India we don't see it so much, but in Europe you see this very uh, prominent. When a farmer gets all his workers and they, sow, they tilt the ground, they sow the seed, they, they pour water, and then when the harvest is done, the farmer has all this harvest collected and brought into his barn. Big barns, not small. And when he puts the harvest into the barn, locks the door and tells the men, Men, it is finished. It was a farmer's word. Next, it was a word of a blacksmith. This word, it is finished, is the word of a blacksmith. When he comes to the end of making a sword, and finally he sees his image on that sword, and he knows there's nothing more that can be done, he looks at the sword and he says, It is finished. 
The sword is perfect to what I wanted to do. It's a blacksmith's word. And it is a builder's word. Next, it is a builder's word. It's a word when he uses, when he hands over the key to the owner. He says to the owner, it is finished. I have done everything according to the agreement signed between you and me. Here are the keys. It is finished. The builder tells the owner. It is a word of an artist. When an artist applies the finishing touch on a portrait, and this is his masterpiece, and when he looks at this portrait and he knows there's nothing more can be touched, and he says, it is finished, the masterpiece is done. Last, it is a merchant's word. It is a merchant's word. It is used when a merchant and a customer have bargained over a price. And when they come to the end of their bargaining, and they come to an agreed price between the merchant and the buyer, they will look at each other and say, it is finished. The deal is done. The question is, what was finished at the cross? The question is, what was finished at the cross? Or we could say, what was the purpose of Christ coming? There must be a purpose for Christ to come. And we want to see what the meaning of this word, that the last day, or it is finished, have to do with his purpose. And I want us to focus on the message that was spoken by our dear pastor on the 4th of August. If you have taken notes, you can go through your notes at this moment and turn back to the pages of what our pastor spoke. And when pastor was giving the message, I said, Lord, thank you. The perfect message at the perfect time. That message will not be complete. The message that Pastor gave will not be complete if we do not have today's title to it. If you take the today's title, it is finished, and add to the purpose for why it why he came, it is finished. Now let us turn and look if you have that next screen, sister. Number one, Jesus came to seek and save those that are lost. He was fulfilling Luke chapter 19 verse 10. Now the question is, was it finished? Yes, it was finished on the cross. He came for one purpose and he accomplished it on the cross. Number two, he came to preach and proclaim the kingdom of God. Number two, sister. It's taken from Mark chapter 1, verses 38. He came to preach and proclaim the kingdom of God. Did Jesus do it? Yes, he did it. At the end of his journey, he says, it is finished. I have done what you sent me to do. I have preached the gospel. I have proclaimed the kingdom of God. It is finished, Lord. It is finished, Father. Three, He came to call all sinners to repentance. Salvation from all sin. And we find that in Matthew 26, verse 28, and in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 7. Rajiv, read Ephesians chapter 1, verse 7. In Him... 
we have redemption through his blood amen in christ alone we have redemption father it is finished i have done it for matthew 20 28 he says he came to serve i'm only quoting every point this point that i'm quoting is what pastor spoke on that day this is exactly i'm just taking his points and this makes the completion of why he came to finish the purpose for which his father sent him he came to serve number 5 he came to be light to the world was he the light to the world yes he finished it in john chapter 8 verses 12 the bible says he was the light to the world next he came to do the will of the father jesus demonstrated true obedience even unto death true obedience hebrews chapter 5 verses 8 to 8 to 10 and in philippians chapter 2 verses 8 true true obedience till the end seven he came to reveal the father to the world that's what jesus came and did he do it on the cross to the time to reach the cross yes he did it and he could boldly say father i have finished it i have revealed you to the world if you have seen me you have seen the father number 8 he came to this world to die and he was gladly doing it on the cross 2 corinthians chapter 5 verses 14 to 21 i want to encourage you my brothers and sisters this afternoon please just don't take notes and go home and forget about it it'll be a waste to even do it go home like the berian christians search the scriptures and see what i'm saying is true or not and if you find it true follow it and live it if you find anything wrong come we will sit and discuss but until then if you know the truth ask the lord today lord let that truth set me free to be a doer of your word number 9 jesus came to fulfill the law 1 peter chapter 1 verse 11 i'm giving you the quotation so that you can go home and study it and jesus could have said and he did say it is finished number 10 he came that we might have abundant life and we are having it in jesus name number 11 he came to put away sin's power romans chapter 8 verse 2 he came to put away with sin and you can always also see it in romans chapter 6 go home and read verses 1 to 23 Romans chapter 6 verses 1 to 23 and you'll see how Jesus put away the power of sin. Number 12 He came to destroy the works of the devil. John chapter 12 verses 31 to 32. Do you know on that day he crushed the head of the serpent. I don't know if any of you have killed snakes I used to love killing snakes as a kid. I don't do that anymore. 
And every time when we as young kids used to go hunting with our catapult, the only thing we used to go hunting is to kill snakes. And the moment we hit a snake and the snake fell on the ground, the first thing we will do is we will run and we will see who will be the first one to crush the serpent's head. And the moment you put your head on the snake's head, you will find the tail wriggling. The head is crushed, but the tail is wriggling. And that's what's exactly now. Satan's powers have been destroyed. It's only that his tail is shaking and we are scared. How many of us, when we are killing a snake, the moment we see the tail shaking, we get scared of it, knowing that the snake is dead? That's what we used to do. Many of you don't go hunting, it looks like. They'll say, why Brother Claudie is talking about hunting now? Next, he came that we could be healed. Jesus came. He came to accomplish the purpose so that you and I could receive healing. Matthew 8, verse 17. By his stripes, we are healed. He came to bring peace between us and God. We find that in Romans 5. It's not the sister. He came that we could have access to the Father. We were alienated. We were separated from Him. He came that now we can boldly enter into His presence. Amen? Now, what did Jesus tell His disciples? Brother, Matthew 28. What did Jesus tell His disciples in Matthew 28? He says, go, go, into all the world, number one. See the command that Jesus gave us. Go into all the world. And what you do? Jesus said, go into all the world. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. So now he says, you go. All the authority that is in heaven and on earth has been given to me, to me, look at the condition. Therefore, go and make disciples. Your first command is go. Second is make disciples. Third, when you make a disciple, baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And after baptizing them, don't leave them to rot. Now, you do one thing. Teach them to obey Everything. Now, what is everything? You know these 14 points that we just spoke, which he came to accomplish, which he did fulfill on the cross. He says, now teach them to obey everything that I have given them as an example, so that now they can walk in my footsteps. I have commanded you. And he says, when you do that, see what I will do. And surely I am with you. Short time? Always. Thank you for that. Always. Where? Up to Wadi Kabir? No. Once you cross Wadi Kabir, I will not be with you. Will he say that? No. I will be with you to the end of the age. Till you close your eyes, he says, I will be with you. Why? When I walk with you, the anointing will go with you. When I walk with you, when you speak, signs and wonders will happen. When I, when I come with you, I will do great and mighty things. Amen. Now, the question is, 
Next slide, my sister. Jesus saved you and me. He empowered you and me. He has given this command for you and me. The first thing is a question. Yes. We have to ask ourselves today a question. He said the number one point as pastor has spoken. To seek and save. There are two things that you can do now. You can either, I know you cannot answer, it is finished. Rather that we have to bury you. Or we have to crucify you. You can't use that word, it is finished, Lord. But you can, there are two words that you could say. Lord, I have not yet started. Or, Lord, it is ongoing. I'm going to give the same question. I'm going to challenge you today. You have two things to answer the Lord today. Father, I've not yet started. There are so many things that are pulling me down. Or you can say, Father, I have started it. What you have commanded, what you have done. The first thing is to seek and save. Ask yourselves this question. I want you to look at that screen and see and answer the question. Are you doing that? Are you seeking? Are you reaching out? How many souls have we brought in 2014? That you could boldly say, Lord, I seek. And you have saved them. I am seeking them because you have sent me to seek. If you have the answer as not yet, I want you to keep account. How many are you going to get as not yet? How many have you get? Yes, Lord, I am doing it. Don't take 2013 and put into account. Take 2014 and put into account. Don't say 1994 or 1936, I did it. It's today. Number two, to preach and proclaim the kingdom of God. Are you preaching and proclaiming the kingdom of God to your friends, to your neighbors, to your loved ones, to your family? Not yet? Or is it ongoing? Number three, to call sinners to repentance. Do you tell a person and see the person and say, my brother, you need to be saved. Or you're afraid. The question is, I would like you to look at the screen and answer yourselves today. Have you begun to do it or not yet? Number four, to serve. We all like to be served. How many of us are willing and ready to serve? That is a gift of God to reach out and say, let me serve you. Jesus, I'm following in your footsteps. To be light to the world. Is your family member seeing you as light? Or do they see a blanket over you? Do your co-workers see you as light? Or do they run away from you? Because light always attracts. If somebody is running away from you, it means there's something wrong. There's no light. There is darkness. Number six. To do the will of the Father. Now, let me ask you a question. How many of you have completed mind of Christ? Can you put up your hands, please? Wow. Church, I want you to look around. Just keep your hands. Please, please, just put your hands up. That's the amount of members who have completed mind of Christ. That's amount. So, thank you. How far we got to go. Experiencing God. Those who are doing it. Experiencing God. Oh, I can see one. Thank you. Thank you, Brother Mike. That's the most important point. How many of you have not begun? Let me not go there. I will stop there. 
Are you willing to do the will of God? Ask yourselves a question. Are you willing to do the will of God? Number seven, to reveal the Father to the world. Are the people in the world seeing your Father in you? Number eight, to die daily. To die daily. Are you picking up the cross daily and walking? Number nine, to obey the law. Number ten, to have abundant life. Are you life? Are, are you every time rejected and dejected and sad, finding fault with everything around you? Even finding fault with your own image when you look at yourself at the mirror because you have no one else to find fault with. Do you live a sinless life? You are called. You and I are called to live a sinless life. Where are you able to answer, yes, Lord, I've started to live a sinless life. It is ongoing. Or you're going to say, Lord, give me another five more years. Let me continue in what I'm doing. And I will get back to you after five years. Last, to destroy the works of the devil. You know something? We all like everything that Jesus did. Brother, do you like what Jesus did? How many of you like what Jesus did? Five, ten, twenty, twenty-five. Now you see the hands coming up slowly. The wife will catch the husband's hand and say, push it up, man. Push it up. We like what Jesus did, but we don't like to do what he did. We all love what Jesus did. It's so beautiful to see what Jesus did. Can you do it? Don't talk about that. That's a different story. We say, Jesus prayed. How many times we call for meetings and we don't come. But we like what Jesus did. Jesus visited the sick. We like what he did. But do we visit the sick? No, I might get sick myself. How many people in our church don't, are suffering, are, are struggling without a job, don't have a place, but we don't want to help them because we are afraid of many things. We like what Jesus did, but don't ask us to do what Jesus did. Don't ask us. Reach out and give at least five real to the person who is in need. Don't tell us to do that. I have to build one more, one, one more window for my house. So I can jump out of the window when my wife drives me crazy. Men's meeting, we keep on calling. We had excellent men. We had the meeting last week. You know the sad part of it? How many men are here? I'm sorry, I'm going to walk on your toes now. Men? See, men also not putting up their hands. Lord have mercy. Okay, thank you. We had so many men. Only 50 men. I counted only 50 men were here. And when we, when pastor asked, all of us put our hands up. Jesus will do it, but don't ask me to do it. Night vigil is coming. How many of you will tell your wives or tell your husbands, we will be there for this night vigil so that we can make a difference because Jesus made a difference on the cross. My brothers and sisters, I'm going to close quickly. Because the NG4C is going to get ready to do a program. What disturbs you most? Can I have two volunteers very quickly? I'm not going to find fault with you. I just want the church to understand. I want one volunteer on my right, one volunteer on my left to stand up. Anybody, anybody, just stand up. Please, one volunteer. Thank you, brother. Thank you. Lyndon, what disturbs you most, Lyndon? What is the one thing that disturbs you too much? Don't be afraid, brother. We are not going to... Pastor, don't do anything to Lyndon. To be afraid. Thank you, Lyndon. Thank you. My brother, 
What disturbs you most? What is the most disturbing thing to you? That something happens and it disturbs you. Anything that disturbs you that you get upset. Can I help you? Children not listening to you? Okay, thank you. Thank you. Please be seated. What disturbs you most? I get disturbed over everything. My wife says, I put my finger, you get disturbed. That's what my wife tells me at home. I don't know how you get disturbed over everything. Even now when pastor is asking, can you stand up for prayer? I looked, I said, why is she standing? And then when I realized, I missed my wedding anniversary also. Come home. See, if you're getting bored, okay? If your wife is giving you a hard time, come spend one day with my house. You will have fun. I, I challenge you. Okay. What disturbs you most? A soul. Yes, my sister. A soul on the way to hell. Does that disturb you? Or, yes. Or a scratch on your car. Which is more disturbing? A soul going to hell or you come and you see a scratch on your car. Which is more disturbing? Don't answer. You keep it to yourself and let us see. Number two. Missing a church service. Does, does that disturb you? I missed service today. Or missing a day's work. Does that disturb you? I missed work. One day salary gone. Yeah. What am I going to do? Yeah. Number three. The church not growing. I don't see growth in this church. Does that disturb you? Or my TV is not working. There is a blink on my TV. That does disturb you. Which disturbs you more? Brothers will get disturbed in this part, I know. Number four. Going a week without doing any church work. One week not doing any church work. Does that disturb you? Or the house cleaning and the laundry going undone. You come there. That disturbs me. I catch Jacob every time. Jacob, the things are dirty. Why can't you do it? Which disturbs us more? Number five. To lose God's favor and not being on prayer terms with Him. Does that disturb you? Or to have your best friend become annoyed and to act very cold towards you. Which disturbs you more? And I'm sure many of us will be saying the second part disturbs us most. Let us be truthful, okay? You might say, <laughs> nothing disturbs me. God knows your heart. Number six, your child becoming unfaithful to the Lord. Does that disturb you? You see a child so rebellious or losing your job that you think, I'm going to lose my job. Which disturbs you more? Number seven, going a day without prayer and Bible reading or missing your recreation and Missing a meal. How many brothers you ask them? Brother, why you never came for the meeting? Oh, you don't know. Six o'clock, I have to go for walking. So my legs will become stronger. I can reach more quicker to the grave. Is that more important to you? Or doing what God has called you to do? Eight. Seeing some trouble rise in the church. That does disturb you. There is turmoil taking place in the church. Something is happening and you run to your, on your knees and say, God, there's something happening in my church. Or having your football or your cricket team lose. And that's very disturbing to you that you speak about it in, the, in your office from morning to night. Tendulkar should have done this. I don't know these fellows' names also. He should have done. Tom should have done. Dick should have done. The whole day we talk about it. 
9, burning forever in hell. Is that disturbing to you? Or blowing, being blown into pieces by an atomic bomb? I call NG4C to come quickly forward, please. Is this disturbing to us? As NG4C comes forward, I want you to bow your heads, please. And ask yourselves a question. What is disturbing you most? Quickly, folks. What is disturbing you most? NG4C, come quickly, come quickly. Guys, I, have, I speak in Tamil. Sikramavapa, come. I call NG4C to come quickly, please. We are going to pray. Let us pray. Father, we bow your heads, please. Father, we pray the Lord God and we ask you at this time, the points that we spoke about. Church, please don't look at NG4C. Please, we are in a very crucial time. Please, I beg you, it's a time of making a dedication. This is not an entertainment. It's a time to change history. If this is not going to change you, nothing will change you in your life. Father, we ask you, Lord God, that you will touch us today. Lord, let there be a transformation in our lives. Help us, Lord God, that we will do what you have called us to do in our lives, Lord God. Father, we pray that you will have your way in our lives, Master. This is our heart's desire. Father, we do not want to see anyone go to hell. We do not want to miss church, Lord God. Lord, we want to be there and be a part of it. Give us the grace, Lord God, that at the end of our journey, we will be able to say, It is finished, Father. Father, give us the grace, Lord God, that we will not fumble on that day, Lord God. And we will not stumble on that day, Lord God, to think we have not done your will. Give us grace, Master, that we will live for you, serve you, honor you, and obey you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Can you help me take a chair on the center of the stage? Hello. Good afternoon. We would never leave Jesus hanging on the cross and that I would never leave him dead. The good news is that three days after he died, he also rose from the dead. He did it to pay for our sins and he arose to provide for our justification. The greatest words in the Bible are probably those found in Matthew chapter 28 verse 6. The fact that Jesus, the fact that Jesus is risen is what sets Christianity apart from the rest of the world's religions. Ours is a living faith in a living God. Jesus is alive and so is everyone who places their faith in Him for salvation. We, the NG4C, would like to present this program for you. Hey everybody! Happy Easter! Hey, come on in guys! Here you go, I'm alive! Next! Happy Easter! Next. Hey buddy, happy Easter. Here you go. Next. Hey. 
Whoa, Jesus. Uh, hey, Jesus. Danny. What's going on here? Uh, nothing. Just celebrating Easter, like we do every year. Oh, but this time, I've got a stylish beard. Uh, Jesus, where is yours? Okay, I don't understand. Why are you handing out candies? Well, how else are you supposed to get everyone excited about Easter? Wait, wait. And you know what? We have a major party this evening. Jesus, it's Easter, and I think you should come join us. It'll be fun. What? Party? Well, no offense, but it's kind of the same every year. The same songs, the same sermons, it's all the same. So this year, we decided to do something special, something new that'll get everyone excited about Easter. You do realize that I rose up from the dead, right? Yeah, I guess so. And you have the same power today? You have the same power every day? Why aren't you excited about all this? Listen, Daniel, it's not just about one day where you celebrate with Easter eggs and candy. It's a life transformation. Listen, Jesus, I think you're taking this a little too far. Because it's Easter is just about how you rose from the dead, about how you conquered death. Hear this. Because I conquered death, you have conquered death. Because I am alive, you have life and hope because of my death and resurrection. Listen, let me break it down for you. Look, I am happy this way. See, I get to dress up, I hand out candy, have a blast and that's good enough for me. I mean, I could get all excited about Easter, but honestly, the next day, I just go back to my normal life. Nothing has changed. You're kind of making a lot of hype about a nothing. But, but, don't you worry, we'll do it for you again next year. And I promise, it's going to be better than this time. And Jesus, if you're free, you could come join us. We'll have some fun. You're missing the mark, Danny. You're missing the mark. Oh, uh, well, uh, you know what? I've got to get ready for the evening and I don't have much time to talk to you. So, why don't you just take over for me? Yeah. Happy Easter. Next. Easter could have changed his life. But sadly, it has only changed today.
afternoon. Give us grace to rise one more time, Lord God. Give us grace, Lord God, to rise from the slumber. Father, awaken us, Lord God. Stir in us in our spirits, Lord God. You paid the price on Calvary, Father, so that today we could rise. Father, we pray, God, give us the grace that this Easter will not just be another service that we are going to celebrate on coming Sunday, Lord. Give us today the grace to arise. So at the end of the journey, we could say, Father, it is finished. It is finished for what you call me. Father, give grace to this church, the bread of life, to rise, Lord God, on eagles wing, Master, to serve you all the days of their life. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God made one statement and he's asking one question. The statement he made, he made many years back. He said, it is finished. That was his statement. The question that he's asking us today is simply this. Are you excited? Are you excited? I finished the job some time back. Are you excited to be living? Are you a living person who has a hope for the future? Or are you still looking for that hope? Do you realize that God himself said, it is finished. And if anyone tells you the task is yet to be done, you can tell them that it is finished. Because the one who can tell no lies has said it. Jesus Christ said it. Jesus came to do, rather, Jesus did what he came to do. Question for us. You and I, are we doing what we should be doing? You had many questions that were put up. And you had choice. To decide whether it is an ongoing process or it's not yet started. If it's not yet started, you, need, you know what you need to do. Get it ongoing. That's what God is telling us today. God said, I just left one word with you in the end. And that is, go. Make disciples. Preach the word. Teach them to observe all that I have commanded you. And I am with you always. That's what Jesus Christ said. Today do we understand that? Let's thank God. Thank God right now. Thank God that he has told us that it is finished. And tell God, yes, I am excited. I am excited. I am excited for the days ahead. I am excited for tomorrow. I am excited for this afternoon. I am excited for the days ahead. Because I know my Savior lives. Thank you, Father. We thank you, Lord, that you have spoken to us. We thank you, Father God, for what you did on that cross. And Father God, I pray, Lord, that none of us will take it for granted, Lord Father. None of us 
will think that that is a myth of history, Lord Father. But Father God, I pray, Lord, that every one of us will realize that that's meant something. That's meant everything to my life. My future is because of what you did on the cross. Father God, we thank you, Lord Father, for using your servants this day, Lord Father. We pray, Lord Father God, for mighty pouring of your anointing upon him, Lord Father. We pray, Lord, that further blessings be on him and his family, Lord Father. We thank you, Father God, for every young man and woman in that NG4C, Lord Father. For the simple way in which they are brought across the truth to us, Lord Father. We thank you, Father God, for your presence in their lives. For using them, Lord Father. Father God, I pray, Lord, that in their generation, you will make the mighty men and women for you, Lord. Father God, I pray, Lord, that in days to come, they will still stand here and they will teach us, Lord. Father God, I pray, Lord, that you will bless every one of them, Lord. Father God, even as we depart from this place, I pray, Lord, that your presence shall continue to guide us, lead us. We give all praise, honor, and glory to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's share the grace. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, the fellowship of the Holy Spirit, be with us all, now and forevermore. Surely, goodness and blessing all the days of our lives, and we shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever and ever. Amen.